Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. We have a guest on today, which is Norbert Orr, where we're going to kind of dance around the world and get a feel for what's happening in manufacturing. Before we get to Norbert, Lou, what's the latest and greatest update? We're going to cut to a break for a moment, and here we go. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. Hi, this is Lou Weiss. Some of you know me as Lou Weiss with the yellow jacket, but today I'm president of All Metals and Forge Group. We are proud and pleased to be the sponsors for Manufacturing Talk Radio and for WAM, Women and Manufacturing, since 2013. AMFG is an open-die forge facility and a producer of seamless rolled rings since 1972. Most of the metal families are available in our inventory for production to help keep down delivery times due to mill deliveries of raw stock. We also specialize in machined, large, and complex forged parts. So give us a look at steelforge.com, our website, or give us a call at 973-276-5000. Send us your inquiries, your drawings, and specifications. Our quoting turnaround time is usually less than 24 hours to help you get your job from your client. Give us a try. We're almost doing this 50 years of partnering with our clients. We'd like to partner with you as well. Thanks for listening. So here we're back. Tim, let's take it away. So, Norbert, uh, just so our listeners know, you're uh, a senior international correspondent with us. You also work with an organization called Strategus Research Partners. And if there's a name change there, you'll you'll uh, share that with our listeners. More importantly, you author two reports. One is the Global Survey Insights Report, which we always talk about with you. But you also author the Strategus Leading Indicator of Manufacturing Report, which you folks call the SLIM Report, which you wanted to share with our listeners today. By the way, if you're a manufacturer and you want to get both of these research reports for free, Contact Norbert Orr, and he will uh, see what kind of manufacturer you are and how you fit into his matrix. And if you do, you answer two simple questions, and he sends you the reports, a lot of valuable information. So, Norbert, why don't we start with the SLIM report, and you can explain what that is and what it does and what it contains this month. Norbert? Thanks so much, Tim. Uh, the SLIM report has been around for a couple of years now that we, uh, we've worked with it. And uh, today we've got an opportunity to uh, look at the most recent data uh, released on the 17th of the month. Uh, and uh, it's an early look. The intention is it's an early look at what's going on in the manufacturing sector in the U.S. And, and the whole idea is uh, we use two indexes. One is new orders, the other is supplier deliveries, and we use those as indications of demand. So that if at mid-month, where we are now, you know, is demand improving or is demand falling off? Uh, if demand's solid, then the rest of the manufacturing economy 
should hold up well during the, the balance of the month. Manufacturers generally know by the tenth of the month what their month looks like. So th- that's what we're testing the water on with this. So uh, to say this is kind of hot off the presses uh, uh, or did, uh, digitized recently, I don't know which one you'd use these days. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, we have both new orders for August and supplier deliveries, and this is an early look at both of those. From a new order standpoint, uh, new orders are uh, seasonally adjusted at 59.8. That's up from a very soft July when the number was 51. So uh, that certainly makes me feel good about uh, uh, August picking up some of the momentum that uh, that was lost in July and should be able to carry on through the month and, and sets the stage for for September from there. Uh, the other index that we use is supplier deliveries. And uh, supplier deliveries is kind of uh, uh, confusing because as deliveries extend, it's an indication the economy is getting better. In other words, if lead times go from one week to two weeks, uh, that's an indication of an improvement demand picture and uh, indication that things are going to strengthen. Uh, here uh, in uh, uh, August, we have uh, the diffusion index seasonally adjusted as 62 for supplier deliveries, indicating that uh, deliveries are slow, but not quite as slow as last month. In July, it was 64.2. Uh, the reality is both of those numbers are totally acceptable and totally good indicators that we're going to see uh, continued growth in the manufacturing sector based on uh, our recent history. Now, we've got a lot of things that are, we're looking at, that, uh, uh, such as tariffs and so on, that could ultimately have an impact. Uh, much of that has been, with a few exceptions, uh, uh, the the impact of the tariffs uh, certainly hasn't been fully felt at this point, and uh, hopefully uh, things will get better. As certainly yesterday was encouraging in terms of uh, relationships with Mexico. Uh, if they can get that done, uh, then I think uh, they can talk with Canada uh, in a better position. So uh, those things have to be considered. But right now, mid-month, this point in time, it's saying things are, are going to continue on a path of growth and uh, certainly expansion in the manufacturing sector. Uh, Norbert, a couple of things that uh, I picked up on in some of our, our research is that, uh, one, there are rumors that, that uh, this administration is talking to China about the tariffs and the trade war uh, from a uh, optimistic standpoint. Uh, this came in uh, yesterday. I haven't had time to really dig dig down and dive into it, but it's, it's a rumor worth repeating. Yeah. Uh, the well, other the other point uh, we 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 as a manufacturer we uh, are reflecting in our own numbers almost exactly what your numbers uh, are working out to, uh, where our business is uh, picked up uh, over these last several months and is holding uh, uh, quite steady with a, an arrow still pointing up. So uh, I, I support your comments. 
Yeah, if you stay away from some of the major newspapers, I think you'd find that the economy is really good. <laughs> you know, right. as for China, uh, you know, uh, reminds me with China, we're getting along about the way a slow waiter and a poor tipper gets along. Uh, neither one of us willing to give, uh, and uh, China in particular. Uh, they have so much more to lose than we do. Uh, their economy is uh, is tilting downward right now, and uh, this is going to pay a price. The, the, the problem is, uh, you know, their leader isn't elected, so uh, uh, they can be stubborn. Uh, they they always are concerned about showing their power because they want the people to, un- to understand that their power is. Uh, absolute or give them the impression that it is so uh it, it's it's terribly difficult but uh as china has to come around uh, and i think the fight that we're entered into uh i i congratulate the administration because they saw something that very few people saw in terms of the imbalance of trade uh with the chinese so uh, I think we'll see that we're, we'll, we'll get through that. It'll take a little bit longer. They're going to be a little more stubborn, uh, and we're going to have to wait them out a little bit. But uh, uh, the thing is, uh, if we were ever going to challenge the Chinese on the technology issue in particular, this is the time to do it. The American, the U.S. economy is so much stronger than any other economy in the world right now that we can uh, we can take the heat for a while anyway uh, in, in this situation, and, and it's the right time to do it. Uh, and, you know, we, we think in terms of hard goods, uh, when obviously, Lou, with your business and so on, but uh, uh, any, any pharmaceuticals going into China have a 10% tariff on it automatically, uh, and there's no reason for that. Uh, there's, uh, it's to their great benefit, great benefit, and their uh, uh, consumers' great benefit that they have access to the uh, better medication. They get a special deal on pricing to begin with, anyway. So uh, I think it's doing the right thing. Uh, I think we can withstand. Uh, I think we can hold our breath longer, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, uh, get a much better deal than what we've had uh, out of them. Then we have to start talking about will they honor the deal, and that's part of uh, part of the issue. But uh, overall, I think uh, uh, China will will satisfy itself. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. Um, yes, Norbert, your and just to kind of remind the listeners, your slim report that they can get for free, by the way, actually precedes the ISM report that comes out the first business day of the month and you were with the ISM in a prior career. So this report that you prepare is uh, pretty knowledgeable in terms of your insight into what's happening. Uh, and in addition, they, you know, I've always struggled with the supplier delivery issue myself. And basically as they slow down, cause they can't keep up, the economy is getting better. So again, I encourage everyone to get into this survey with Norbert Orr and get a real feel early. If you're a fan of the ISM report, you should be a big fan of the SLIM report. 
Yeah. Uh, Norbert, the global survey report is the one that Lou and I love to look at. You've got a great scattergram in there. And this looks at not only 18 different economies around the world, it also looks at some regional ones. Why don't you give us some highlights of that one? That's a great report. Yeah, uh, this is closely followed in a lot of places around the globe. We get a lot of compliments on it and a lot of people that uh, that show interest. Uh and, uh, again, what we were looking for is we have 18 surveys that we follow that we think uh, kind of drive the global economy. And uh, we chart those in a scattergram and follow, you know, uh, everything we do is based on month-over-month month change. And uh, this month uh, the report really shows a dramatic change that tells you that uh, globally things are peaking out and have peaked, and uh, uh, some of the countries uh, will continue to do well. I'll talk about that. Others are, are going to struggle more with that. But just let me give you a, 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 one of the things we look at is of the 18, which of these countries are expanding and strengthening? In other words, they're growing and they're getting stronger. Uh, to do that, and it, uh, in this month there's four of the 18 that are expanding and strengthening. If we look at last month, there was 10 that were expanding and strengthening. So it tells us that we hit a top last month, and now we're looking at uh, where do we go from here. Uh, if we look at last at, at, uh, this month in terms of who's expanding and weakening, in uh, July, we had 12 countries or 12 in the, uh, surveys uh, that were expanding and weakening, whereas in uh, June we had six, only six that were expanding and weakening. So you can get a sense of the shift that we've gone from strong and growing to uh, growing but weaker, and you can see that across that. So. And again, uh, the U.S. is, is uh, among the leaders in that. Uh, uh, the surveys that we look at, uh, Germany it continues to do fairly well in terms of uh, the Eurozone. Uh, the Eurozone itself is uh, at 55.1, uh, expanding uh, at a fairly good rate and strengthening at a very minor rate. Uh, to do that. So as we look at those countries, uh, we see that happening. Uh, India, for instance, is at 52.3 and typically stays around 52 to 54. Uh, uh, India has, uh, in order to get higher growth rates, they've got to make a lot of changes uh, over time. Uh, Mexico is at 52.1. Uh, the two China surveys are right, uh, averaging at 51. So you can see the, uh, or, or you could see if you had the picture of this, if you participate in the survey, you get this picture, by the way. Um, but you can, you can picture that it's clustered around the midpoint, 50 being the midpoint. Below 50 is not growing. Above 50 is growing. Uh, but it, it's clustered right around the midpoint on the weaker side. So uh, that tells us uh, everything we need to know about the global economy from uh, from that perspective. Uh, US Norbert? Bond manu- yes. 
uh, just before we get into some of the U.S. regionals and talk about that, I'd like to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Very good. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment, components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials? 30 years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification. Fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're speaking with Norbert Orr, who is the uh, Senior International Correspondent for Manufacturing Talk Radio. On global surveys, he also works with strategic research partners on global surveys in the SLIM report. And Norbert, you were just beginning to talk about the U.S. and how the U.S. is doing and how the regionals are doing. The regionals are always quite fascinating, by the way. So why don't you share that with our listeners? Well, we follow uh, a number of surveys that we don't include in the scattered RAM. Uh, some are in, some are out, depending on, uh, f- for instance, uh, the Dallas Fed does a survey that uh, is manufacturing in Texas. Texas is the second largest manufacturing state these days. So uh, we think it's very important to get a good read on that. Uh, that in uh, survey this past month was at 59.2, so it's actually stronger than the national ISM survey uh, from that standpoint. Uh, we also uh, look at uh, Milwaukee as one of the surveys that we really like. Uh, Milwaukee came in at 61.7. Why do we like Milwaukee? Uh, it tells a story about durable goods. The companies that are headquartered in Milwaukee or have major operations in Milwaukee uh, really grow at uh, similar rates to what we see uh, durable goods doing. And uh, those companies uh, are doing quite well right now. The Caterpillars, John Deere's, uh, Johnson Controls, uh, uh, numerous others that that are in that area. Uh, We pay a little bit of attention to the Fed surveys, uh, the Philly Fed and the Empire State survey. not as much as we wait as we put on other surveys, just simply because uh, this data is approximately uh, well. It's, it's old by the time it's got a lot of age on it by the time it's released. Uh, it's not as timely. That's why we like our SLIM survey because it's uh, uh, released on the 17th this month. Uh, it's data collected on the 16th and 17th. So it's very timely, very up-to-date, doesn't have any age on it to uh, to speak of. Uh, of course, Chicago came in this month at 65.5. Uh, Chicago always tends to be an outlier 
And frankly, I, 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 the only reason I put it in the uh, data that we follow closely uh, is because I, I get asked about it, but I don't think it's very telling, uh, because, partly because they combine services and manufacturing together. And so that, uh, to some degree, contaminates the data in my, in my view. Uh, Houston has a good survey. I like to see it because it, it's a microeconomy within within Texas, uh, and uh, that came in at 62 this past month. So uh, everywhere I look, I, I find uh, numbers that uh, support uh, continuing growth in the U.S., continuing growth globally, but uh, they haven't made some of the commitments that we've made in terms of taxation, et cetera that will allow them to get to the same levels of growth that we're experiencing and should continue to experience. The Atlanta Fed now has uh, the third quarter at potentially 4.3% growth in GDP. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a strong number and uh, certainly uh, bodes well for the coming uh, months. So it looks like it's going to be a, a, a good Christmas, a good New Year's. We can all pop uh, <laughs> Uh, pop our champagnes, yeah, or unless, as most economists say, unless right. The head well, <laughs> and, uh, on one hand, and then there's the other hand. Uh, That's right. The uh, and uh, you know what we have the most trouble with is uncertainty. Uh, if if there's a degree of certainty, then you can put a risk risk factor on these things. Right now, it's it's hard to say, except that. Uh, we know the elections, uh, midterm elections are coming up. Uh, there's a lot of reason that uh, the U.S. would probably like to close a couple of these trade deals to show that, uh, that, we, that the administration knows what it's doing uh, before the midterms and to have an imper uh, uh, impact on the midterms. Norbert, I, I'd like to ask you. Um, we talked a little bit about the uh, the tariffs and uh, some of the administrative moves that uh, uh, some are good and some aren't. Uh, what what do you see how the tariff, as it is now, and could still get worse uh, from uh, information that we're getting? How is that going to affect manufacturing, which represents a basically a third of our economy up and downstream? Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from the standpoint, and, and uh, we're looking at it, uh, my associates, from, from the standpoint of uh, what's going to happen with the consumer. Uh, if the consumer right. stays in the game, because, uh, you know, we talk about these tariffs, but it's the consumer that's going to pay the price. Absolutely. Tariffs. And right now the consumer is strong. Uh, you probably saw uh, Walmart's quarter from yesterday was just a blowout. And uh, as long as that's the consumer stays engaged, uh, when we start to see price pressure, uh, you know, to, to some degree we, uh, we overestimate the impact of, uh, the, of, of what goes into manufacturing. And I don't want to belittle that in any fashion, but if you take a product, a high-tech product like an iPhone or that type of thing, uh, their material content is relatively low 
compared to the total cost associated with the uh, with the iPhone. Uh, so uh, we won't see it. It's probably more important at the raw material stage, and uh, Lou. Uh, you know, I always think in terms of raw materials, intermediate goods, and finished goods. That's the way the producer's price index is structured. Uh, manufacturers buy raw materials and some intermediate goods. Services companies buy finished goods. And so by the time you go through that process and, and that uh, service company gets to where they're buying the end product, say that's sheetrock to go into an office building or something, uh, the uh, tariffs and, and the impact of tariffs aren't nearly as great as we tend to want to make them out to be. Well, what we're experiencing is uh, taking the steel industry, which is not a big industry anymore uh, in this country, uh, but the point is that when the tariff steel trumps went into effect starting as far back as uh, March 23rd, the steel industry immediately, U.S. steel industry, immediately raised prices. And that sort of defeated the point of all of this. We didn't want to raise prices to the consumer, but the the, the biggest benefactor of the tariffs, of course, is the U.S. steel industry. Uh, we did try and get somebody to give us a comment on some of this from uh, uh, U.S. steel and uh, Nucor, and uh, they told us that they have not raised their prices. Well, I'm in the steel industry, and I know you raised your prices, and they've actually raised their prices 40% since January. Yeah. So good, goods have gone up. Actually now it has started a mini uh, shortage in steels because some people have backed off. They figured, well, let's wait and see how long this is going to go on for. There were people that saw uh, back in April uh, that this was coming about, and they overbought, they bought capacity to buy at cheaper prices because a lot of the U.S. steel prices that have gone up have gone up only in the last 60 days. Uh, so people were buying, hedging uh, that they are going to buy goods uh, for a longer period of time at a lower price. So it's, it's a rather confusing and complicated issue, and the bottom line in, in, from my perspective is that the end user, no matter if it's manufacturing or uh, B2C uh, consumers, um, they're going to be paying the price. Yeah, I, I think uh, the dilemma that you're talking about is one that's existed forevermore and will uh, and will exist forevermore, uh, Lou. And, and that's simply should a manufacturer price based on uh, cost or market? And uh, Obviously, they're looking at if if whichever one is fav most favorable. If looking at cost, if pricing on cost is more favorable, they're going to price on cost. If the uh, price on market is more favorable, they're going to do that. Uh, but over time, that all straightens itself out because uh, you know and I know there are people that are going to find a way of uh, moving Canadian steel, let's say, uh, through a, a third country that's not on the list of, of problems, and they're going to run product uh, around the system 
uh, over time. What's more important is the appearance that we can make the Chinese uh, suffer. Uh, from uh, and in the short term we can do that, but uh, you know, uh, tell, telling a raw materials uh, manufacturer in particular that hey, you've now got a much tighter market than you had before, but you shouldn't raise your prices, then they don't know what price they should be charging. Uh, so, uh, you know, pricing is a mechanism that generally we like to let the market set. Right, right. But, uh, again, the the end user, the buyer, we're, we're all going to be paying $200 more for that refrigerator, $700 more for that automobile, and so on and so forth for at least some period of time. And the, the history of success with these tariffs that have been implemented in the past is not particularly glorious. I, I don't know that any have ever succeeded. Uh, well, I think the idea that tariffs don't work is, is a little bit of a myth. Uh, tariffs work as long as you stand behind them. If uh, right. if you don't stay with it, and, uh, you know, uh, if the administration now can't work through this and can't get the deals that they're interested in, then all of this is going to be uh, have been for uh, for not, and uh, it'll have profound implications associated with it. If they get all of that, everybody's going to forget the fact they paid a little bit for a while. Uh, you know, people start deferring purchases. Uh, people start getting special accommodations. Uh, there's a, and they change the the uh, direction of their supply chain uh, from doing that. So I'm still optimistic well, that this is not a long term. I think we'll see that uh, uh, they need uh, they need a couple of wins right now, and they've got them on the on the back on on the middle burner, not on the back burner, yeah. not on the front burner. Sitting on the middle burner, they need to move it up. Uh, where it uh, uh, gets the attention. Uh, I, I agree with almost everything you said there. Uh, so we're, we're, <laughs> that makes we're you a very dangerous ho- person, Lou. <laughs> no, that means I have an open mind to very good. new concepts. To new yeah. concepts. I, I, too, I agree with you. I, I do uh, uh, sense that uh, the, the tariff is not going to be long-lived. I think that either one of two things will happen. Either he's going to get the deals that he's looking to get, uh, and maybe he'll get the house back, because right now I think he's losing, going to be losing the house. Um, and then if he loses the house, then he's in real uh, duck soup. But yeah. uh, all, all of this plays into you know uh, politics and uh, manufacturing. As a matter of fact, when Tim and I started Manufacturing Talk Radio five years ago, we said, quote, we are not going to get involved in politics, right? Right. Right. How do, you talk, <laughs> how do you talk about manufacturing in this world right now without talking politics? Yeah, you got polynomics. That, uh, polynomics. I that, like that, that word. That you've got to consider, uh, you know, and have to do that. Let me just make one other comment. Uh, you said that it was uh, raising the cost of $200 uh, steel in, in the refrigerator. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you got that number from. Uh, I'm sure it's correct for wherever you got it from. But, you know, the first question I have to ask is, what's the cost of the refrigerator? If that's a $2,500 refrigerator, 
$200 is maybe much less significant. If it's a $400 refrigerator, which uh, there are a lot of those out there, it's not going to be $200. Uh, it's, uh, you know, material costs probably 30% or something of that type at the most uh, going mm-hmm. into it. So we have to always maintain our perspective on uh, on the uh, volume and, and the size and the cost that we're dealing with. Uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Jim? Well, I think at that point, Norbert, why don't you give us a couple of comments to wrap this up, and then we're going to take a quick commercial break, and Lou and I will come up and wrap up this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. So, Norbert, in the overall, it looks good. Uh, final comments? Uh, yeah, the U.S. Uh, and uh, to some degree North America, and if they get the NAFTA deal done, which they will uh, very soon, I believe, uh that uh, this section of the world or part of the world will be uh, uh, guaranteed a, a good continuation, good continuing economy. Uh, Eurozone uh, is a little different. You've got uh, four countries uh, uh, that are solid, Germany, uh, Netherlands, uh, the other two I can't recall right off. I've got it on. Uh, that would be Ireland and Austria uh, that are all doing really well. The others, Italy, Greece, Spain, France, are uh, much less so. Uh, Then you look at Asia, and uh, there's room for improvement in Asia. Again, uh, they have relied on growth in markets to keep them going, and right now, they're seeing things slow uh, as we put in more of an emphasis on doing manufacturing at home and, and those types of things. So uh, th- this is a great economy. Uh, it's the longest run we've ever had in terms of that, and, it, and particularly some people are talking about is this the end of the cycle or is it mid-cycle. If you look at history, it says it's the end of the cycle. If you look at the circumstances, uh, the fact that it's taken us a very long time to get out of the funk that we were in, uh, I think uh, we may be closer to mid-cycle than we are end of cycle. So uh, let's look forward to things righting themselves over the next couple of months and then moving forward. Well, all I could say is, Norbert, you got my vote. <laughs> Run for office. Thank you. We need good people. Thanks, Thanks, Norbert. Thanks, Thanks, guys. We've been speaking with Norbert Orr, who is our senior international correspondent for Global Surveys. I encourage manufacturers to do more than just listen to this one. Uh, Participate in the survey with uh, Strategic Research Partners. I think you'll find it invaluable. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. Excellence. It's what separates good companies from average ones. This year's theme for the AME International Conference in San Diego is Create Waves of Excellence. Gain insights from keynote speakers including innovation expert Jeremy Gucci, former NFL quarterback Joe Theismann, lean author and researcher Mike Rother, and leadership pro Liz Weissman. Witness operational excellence in person at plant tours from San Diego's diverse, innovative manufacturing community. 
Don't miss the opportunity to accelerate your journey toward excellence this fall in San Diego. Visit ame.org slash San Diego for more information and to register. We look forward to seeing you in San Diego. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. And welcome back. We certainly appreciate everyone listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Lou, I thought the reports coming out of uh, Norbert's research were very informative again this time around for the global show. How about yourself? I want, I want to pinch myself. I, I want this is so the numbers are so good, uh, and I, my producer over here is trying to give me give me that pinch, and uh, so there, uh, yeah, it, the numbers are great and, and it, it reflects uh, very well in all metals and forge group. Uh, our the business has really been uh, never been better, and uh, I'm just keeping our fingers crossed that it, uh, it continues that way. And we'll have to get these uh, uh, reports up on uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, which is uh, played every uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And for those of you don't, who don't remember or don't know about it or you're first-time listeners, we also have a, another radio show called Wham, uh, and that's Women and Manufacturing. And that's all about uh, accomplished women interviewing accomplished women. And showing, uh, you know, the the value of the intellect and wisdom and so on that we have in a very underused uh, portion of our uh, uh, population. So that we're, we're this is the year of the woman. Uh, if you don't know it yet, you better turn on some television and listen to what's going on around you, uh, Tim. Lou, uh, just to touch on a information source that uh, people may want to check out, it's called the SteelBenchmarker.com. It's out of Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Gives some interesting prices on U.S. Uh, steel per metric ton coming out of the mill, which is currently at nine hundred ninety-seven dollars per metric ton, up from four hundred and twelve dollars in December of twenty fifteen. So up $585. Uh, I don't think the steel companies can say we're not increasing prices. It's been pretty aggressive. It, it would be hard in the face of numbers and reality. It would be hard to accept what was stated to us. It's just not happening. Yeah, clearly uh, the steel is rising in price. It's all-time peak, by the way, was $1,203 in July of yeah. 2008, right before the Great recession. Sounds a, sounds a little bit like price gouging, as far as I'm concerned. Your costs <laughs> don't go up 100% in six months. No, no. Uh, very interesting uh, number swings. Hey, give, the, give our audience the name of that again. Yeah, that's the steelbenchmarker.com, and it covers uh, steel per metric ton coming out of the U.S., out of China, Western Europe. Uh, world export price of it. Uh, interesting numbers. We certainly appreciate everyone listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio, which can be found at mfgtalkradio.com. Be sure to check out our website. There's always new news articles that come out that are posted there. You will also be able to get a issue of our Manufacturing and Metals Outlook magazine. Sorry, Metals and Manufacturing Outlook. 
uh, easing that we put out. I just wrote an article on that, which was a bit critical of the Trump tariffs. Uh, I suggest people check it out. Love to have your feedback. I also promise that if I'm wrong, if he gets all the trade deals and then the tariffs evaporate, I'll write another article which says, I apologize, Mr. President. This is his strategy. We'll see if it works. Again, and and the title of that article is? Yes, I apologize, Mr. President. No, the first article. Oh, the first article is? The one that's is coming out next week. The Stupid Trump Tariffs. Uh, I, I don't quite get using tariffs as a uh, big stick, but that's politics and probably why I'm not in it. Thank goodness. We'll see how it turns out. So stay tuned for all those developments on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can also go over and get some great in- information from womenandmfg.com. That's our Women in Manufacturing show. So Thank you for listening again today to Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we'll be back soon with another report or update. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.